to the latest edition of Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime with me, Marshan Kenny. Well, you can see the set has changed in the back. That's because the prior set was in our living room and uh, my wife and I kind of decided we want our living room back fully and not a ton of Southern Miss football memorabilia laying around. So here we are back in the trophy room and uh, this will be a more permanent setup and hopefully you'll like this backdrop that we do have right here. Well, Angela and I, my wife, we were in Hattiesburg all weekend for the Southern Miss Super Regional against Tennessee, and it wasn't the outcome that we wanted, but nothing to be ashamed of uh, with the performance that Southern Miss has put on through the years and become a national powerhouse. And uh, with that said, I do want to send a huge thank you to our leader, Scott Berry, who coached his last game in Hattiesburg over the weekend. And, uh, I mean, you have just been an incredible leader of young men and just second to none when it comes to just a fantastic human being. And you're my great friend, Coach Berry, and just thank you for all you've done. I know I speak for a lot of people right there, too. Well, fan comments have been a big portion of this show. And uh, this week for fan comments, I asked you to send in questions for our interviewee today, who is Athletic Director Jeremy McLean, and I filtered as many questions into the interview as I could. I apologize if I missed some, but I got to as many as I can and hit on a lot of hot topics for Southern Miss that uh, the Southern Miss Nation was looking forward to get some answers from. So with all that said, I'm pretty fired up to catch up with our leader in athletics, Jeremy McLean. Well, inside and outside the Southern Miss world, they're here nonstop. The athletic director is doing a great job, and I'll tell you what, I don't argue with them ever. Uh, and I'm so honored to have our AD on today, Jeremy McLean. And uh, Jeremy, how is the world treating you, man? Oh, man, it's great. It's, uh, you know, it's it's a great day to be a Golden Eagle, right, as, as it always is. And uh, good times for us, man. It's been a fun year. And uh, year one in the Sun Belt for us has been, uh, you know, everything we could have imagined. And then some, I think. And, and I think our fan base would agree with that. So we're really excited about uh, about what's happening. Maybe even more excited about about where we're headed. Oh, there you go. Great way to put it, man. And unfortunately, we got some sad news recently. The legendary baseball coach, Scott Berry, decided to call it a day. But in some interesting good news for you personally, his uh, his successor is Christian Ostrander. So uh, a great baseball coach for the future for us, no doubt. But an interesting dynamic there. You two are teammates at Delta State playing baseball together, man. So how's that synergy yeah. going to be working with an old teammate of yours as the head baseball coach? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, definitely. To go back to your your original point there, Scott um, making a decision to to retire, um, we're going to miss him certainly. And uh, but I'm thrilled for him that we've, you know, on a couple fronts. Number one, that he's got an opportunity to do this the way he wants to do it, and that was kind of the discussion he and I had, um, you know, at the end of last summer. Uh, you know, and I tell you, that's a hard secret to keep for for eight months, but. Uh, but he did a good job of it, and I did too. And uh, I wanted to honor the way he wanted to do it. But I'm excited he's getting a chance to to step away, um, you know, at the time he wants to. And, uh, you know, I'm excited that we've had an opportunity as a baseball program to take him deep into the postseason. Um, you know, and the, one of the reasons – I think Scott felt like it was the right time. Uh, one of the reasons, not the reason, but one of the reasons, is that he felt like the right person was on his staff to take over the program. And that was a conversation we had a lot. And so um, unique situation, obviously, that Christian and I played together and, and know each other well, probably made it easier for me um, from a standpoint of um, I didn't have to do a lot of background work. You know, uh, he and I have known each other for uh, 20 plus years or, you know, 25 years, I guess, or more. And uh, and so 
yeah, that, that was an easy, um, an easy process. You know, I guess the easiest hire I've probably ever made. Um, Christian is the thing about uh, coach Oz that people will begin to understand is, uh, although he and Scott have very different personalities, um, they're kind of founded in the same things. And that is, uh, you know, integrity, trying to do things the right way, trying to treat people the right way, um, you know, and, and, and competitiveness to, to, to be successful and uh, taking a great pride in what they do. And so we're excited about that. Um, you know, I'm excited for us. He's worked really hard, uh, you know, to get to this point. It's a funny, funny story in this whole, um, you know, whole situation that, uh, you know, you just never know. And athletics is a small world. But us called me in 2017. I remember, remember where I was. I was at a, my son's uh, some travel baseball tournament on a weekend, I think, during the summer. And uh, of course, I was the AD at Troy at the time, and he called me and just said, "Hey, I need to talk to you. Got a, I got a big decision to make." He, he at the time was the pitching coach at Louisiana Tech, and um, he said, "I've got an opportunity to to go back to Mississippi and, and go to Southern Miss, and I'm just trying to work through it with my family. I've only been at Louisiana Tech for 18 months. You know, it's a big, it's a big deal." And um, I just said, "Hey, man, I, I here's what I'm going to tell you. I'll, I'll give you all the pros and cons, but uh, I, I, I know you're working for a really good guy right now." but there are none, none better than Scott Berry. And so, uh, you know, whatever decision you make, just understand that um, you're, you're never going to regret working for Scott. He's, he's one of the best guys I know. And, and um, you know, it's a, it's a chance. There's a chance there at Southern Miss for that to be really special, even, even more so than it already is. And so, uh, so interesting kind of, uh, you know, tidbit. Neither one of us knew where, how this thing would play out, but uh, but in 2017, we had a conversation about him making a decision to come back to Southern Miss, and it's worked out great for all of us, and uh, so really excited about uh, you know the direction of the program. No, man, what an awesome story. Great way to put it from top to bottom. I mean, people respect and admire the job Coach Oz has done, and I'm sure we won't miss much of a beat with Coach Barry uh, ending that tenure right there, but Kind of getting into that Delta State baseball stuff, man. I mean, if anybody doesn't know, I know the words out there, but you were one heck of a baseball player, man, at Delta State. Uh, from 96 to 99, you're All-American, three-time All-Conference performer. As a senior, you were 15-0 and 0 as a starter, man. I mean, talk about your time as a baseball player uh, at Delta State. You know, uh, Ost Coach Ostrander was my pitching coach that, that last season, so he may try to take credit for that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great experience. Uh, man, I was really fortunate. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a uh, small town, small high school, didn't get a lot of exposure from a recruiting standpoint. You know, it was before internet recruiting and, and, and all those things. You, you and I, we, we had to just be – we had – somebody had to find us. And um, so I was very fortunate that Delta State found me and um, – and, you know, had an opportunity to go there and play. It was, it was a perfect program for me. It was um, – and I say this a lot. There's a ton of similarities between Delta State and Southern Miss, and I think it's one of the reasons I've always felt at home here at Southern Miss. Even though I'm not a graduate, it's it's always felt like home to me. You know, it's a blue-collar place. It's a place where you got to be willing to work. And, uh, you know, people don't flinch about whether they have more than the guy they're competing with. They just go to work. And, uh, and so it was that kind of place. And – was perfect for me um you know really grew a lot and, and I was never um told told this many times I, I think it's I think it's accurate I don't I was never the most talented guy on the field um but I was probably one of the most determined and, and I think that's what what really allowed me to be successful played on some great teams had a bunch of great teammates 
and uh, just tried to just tried to kind of squeeze every ounce of talent I, I could get out of uh, out of myself, and and I had a, a great group of coaches that helped me do that. So it was a wonderful experience. Really, kind of, um, I, and again, I think you can relate to this, Marshawn. I, it really set me up, gave me a great foundation for everything else that's come later in my life, and uh, I don't I don't take that for granted at all. Man, that's a great way to put it. And I've seen a lot of interviews, people talking about you, you know, higher ups or what have you in the community that, you know, he's a Southern Miss guy, Jeremy is. He may not have gone there, but he's, he's just got this hard work attitude, this grit mentality. And, he, you know, he's just a perfect guy for the job. So that's a great way to put that. Um, and wind up getting your degree from there, getting your MBA from Delta State. But, man, you're, you're a good baseball player. Let's not undermine that, man. And uh, you go play some pro baseball, too. How was that time uh, trying to make it in the bigs? Yeah, you know, it was, you know, minor league baseball is uh, not glamorous, it, but, it, but you know, it was a dream, right, man? It was, it was since I was, you know, I can, I can remember, you know, having, going around the classroom when you're in second grade and, and hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my, my answer never changed, right? I didn't say athletic director. I said I wanted to be a professional baseball player. And um, so I was laser focused on that. And uh, so I got to live that dream for about five years. You know, minor league baseball is hard and, um, you know, had some success and, and just, you know, there's a lot of, lot of guys chasing that dream. And so it got to a point in year five, kind of going into that last year, I knew it was going to be my last year, got married um, and uh, had a chance to kind of make a decision before the season that I was going to hang them up at the end. Um, so that was, that was really, you know, that, which was fun because uh, we've actually won a championship that year. So I got to kind of walk off the mound for the last time as, as a champion. And um, so I, I don't ever take that for granted either. So it was a wonderful experience. Um, you know, some lessons to be learned there too, probably in minor league baseball is uh, uh, in the fact that it's not always glamorous. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, tough days that go into that and, and uh, it's not always easy. And uh, so I think that was, again, really valuable for me to, to chase that dream and to get to a place where, um, you know, I was able to, to check that box. Yeah, you did. And like I said, heck of a baseball career for you right there. And, and I want to ask you something, too, man. I'm, a, I'm an old football guy. But one thing I love about baseball are superstitions. There's not a more superstitious sport I've ever seen, if you ask me. You know, we got a cat out in outfield, so they make a rally cat because we started doing well. Rally paddle, you know, last year just because a paddle was being spun. We scored some runs. Did you have any superstitions as a player personally that you did while you were playing? Well, uh, yes, um, <laughs> I did. <laughs> and, and and they haven't necessarily gone away. So, so um, I, I would eat the same thing before every start. I was a starting pitcher, so, you know, every – fourth or fifth day I would I would uh, same meal same routine you know I was very warm up the same way all those things I, I you know I just wanted I want and there's a comfort level that comes as an athlete that comes with that right and you, know, you kind of want to be on autopilot and you want to be you know in a situation where you're 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 really just kind of locked in on what's in front of you and so so yeah it was slash superstition slash routine for me but yeah there were there were a lot of those things that uh you know I did and and, and they haven't ended right and so I, I, um, I have to tell this, we, uh, uh, and during the Auburn regional, um, we, uh, ate lunch at, beginning on Saturday after we won the first game, lost the first game, but, but won on Saturday. Um, I ate the same thing for lunch every day, uh, from there on out. And I may or may not have found a washing machine at the hotel and, and wore the same clothes on Sunday as I did on Saturday. So, you know, it just, you can't take the baseball player uh, out of the AD in that regard. So, yeah, man, you got to do what you got to do. 
Man, that's awesome. It, it's just one of the most beautiful sports. That's why, you know, baseball makes such great movies because of superstitions, because if the character's in it, pitchers, y'all are your unique cats, man. Yeah. Y'all just are. But, uh, yeah. But, hey, if it works, you know what? Indirectly, you, you got us out that Auburn Regional. Good there job. Go, man. Look, I, I feel like I did my part. <laughs> you did your part, man. Awesome. And uh, But kind of getting into your career now, where you're at, what you're doing right now, and a beautiful thing happened to you at a young age. So you're done with baseball. Man, you get an opportunity for your first big gig as athletic director to be the AD at Delta State, your alma mater. How was that for you? Yeah, that was, I mean, it was an unbelievable experience. It's, it's, it's an interesting story uh, that happened when I was 30 years old. So I was really young and, and really had, had only been out of baseball. I had retired from baseball three years prior to that and had been in the corporate world and started actually come back to Delta State to uh, raise my, help raise money for the university. And the AD job opened um, a little quicker than, than I think everybody anticipated. Um, Brad Teague, who's now the, uh, was a, also a former player at Delta State, he's now the AD at Central Arkansas. Left took that take that Central Arkansas job, and so the job came open. Uh, I was I was uh, young and, and probably not prepared for it, um, but and, and I tell our student athletes this all the time: you never know who's watching, and so the people in that community who had seen me as an athlete uh, from a leadership standpoint, um, just just you know in the community, there were people who really believed in me and, and, and although they knew I wasn't as experienced that maybe as maybe some other candidates, they had a lot of faith in me and, and my ability to get the job done. So I got the job at the age of 30 and uh, you know, really had a, had a steep learning curve the first year or so. I was very fortunate to have some really, really good coaches, um, you know, to work with and, and help me, you know, uh, get through that first year or so. And then really kind of felt, you know, fell into my, my groove and and uh, stayed there for six years, man. We had a great run. We, you know, competed for a national championship in football. We competed for a national championship in baseball. Uh, women's basketball went to, you know, I think uh, two final fours while we were there. And so we just had this great run of, and again, great coaches, great support in the community. And so it was a fantastic way uh, for me to really start my career. And, um, you know, especially at your alma mater, you know, you only get one opportunity to do that. And um, so that was it was really, really special. Yeah, man, that had to be special. I've said this so many times. It makes sense for you to get a job at such a young, young age like that. I'm like, man, Jeremy looks the party, talks the party, walks the party. I mean, he's everything you want in AD. So it made sense even at 30 years old to be the AD of a, of a university. So congratulations on that. Sure. But uh, you had a chance to step up, man, in 2012 and head to Southern Miss as the uh, deputy director of athletics right there. How was that getting that opportunity in October, 2012 to head over to Southern Miss? Yeah. And uh, that was, so it was number one, it was tough, it's tough to leave your alma mater, but I really, the competitor in me wanted to see if I could do it at the division one level. That was really what drove um, some of that, you know, honestly, we, we moved my family, left my alma mater, took a pay cut, you know, <laughs> all these things. But it was it was you know, kind of go back to chasing the dream. It was I had a goal in mind and and, and I wanted to get there. And and Southern Miss afforded me that opportunity. It was funny. Uh, the connection, there wasn't a ton of connection, but the connection um, was Dr. Aubrey Lucas, who was the interim president at the time. Uh, of course, he had been at Delta State and we had a lot of mutual friends. I'd met him a few times. And so I reached out to him and told him I was, I was going to apply for the job. General Jeff Hammond was uh, the AD at the time. And so uh, I think he saw uh, me as maybe a resource 
you know, someone who had been doing it and, uh, you know, would, would be a good fit. And so I'm really thankful to him for giving me the opportunity. And, and I had, you know, we'd had a great run in football. I had, uh, I had just hired Jamie Chadwell as the football coach there at Delta state. Um, and, and so I had to, had to go tell him I was, I was leaving before he really even got going with uh, his first football season. So I said yes to the job in August and, uh, and told them to give me a little time to, to, close things out the right way at Delta State, and I would start on October 1st, which is what I did. You know, the unique thing about that, and 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 this is um, – everybody knows this, 2012 football season. Uh, so I said yes in August. The, the team was coming off of a, a conference championship and and uh, a 12-win year and, and, you know, just an unbelievable run. Um, and, and by the time I got here on October 1st, football season was not going in a very good direction. And so I kind of walked into um, a situation that wasn't, uh, wasn't a lot of fun. And um, so I kind of got, I, I jumped into the fire, so to speak, uh, when I transitioned from Delta State to Southern Miss for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, Jeremy, we can laugh about it now, but I mean, you're starting your job at Southern Miss's proud football program. All of a sudden things aren't happening nearly according to plan. And if you don't mind me asking, I mean, people say the coach, the this, the that, I mean, you mind me asking, what do you think happened in that football season on, on just how how things fell apart, man? Yeah, you know that's a, and that's a tough one. I, I don't. So I did. I got here in October, so I was I didn't get to see spring ball. I didn't get to see the beginning of the season. Um, you know, but and I don't think it's one thing, but I, you could tell pretty quickly that um, we weren't in a good place. Uh, there was some some friction there, fraction. Uh, you, you know, just from a player. Um, mentality standpoint and environment, uh, whatever had happened along the way, it had created some some rub in some ways. And so, you know, it just was, it just was, um, you know, there were, and again, there were some things that happened. I think they were outside of people's control. Um, I think some coaches had to move to different positions unexpectedly, kind of right before the season started. Um, and so I, I think it was, it was various things um, that happened. I just think it was, it was, you know, pretty obvious that it really just, um, the, the environment wasn't what you want um, to create success. And I, and I think you saw that, unfortunately, uh, with the results on the field. Yeah, I mean, things obviously didn't go according to plan there. But one of the most impressive things that I've seen with your resume, man, is even after all that, under your direction with revenue, I mean, we set records for funding and, and, and getting money back into the program despite what had happened, man. So, I mean, kudos to you. I yeah. mean, well, we, I appreciate that. We had a lot of hard, people working really hard during that time. And I think it was that next year when we set the fundraising record. You know, part of that was we, we went to work, uh, you know, December 1st on, on searching for a new a new head coach and, and uh, brought in Todd Munkin, who, you know, Todd, I think, was the right guy at the right time and, and really created some excitement about, about where we were headed. It took some time to get it back to where we wanted to be. But he created some excitement. We were able to kind of capitalize on that moving into that, that next season and and um, and and begin to move the needle. And um, you know, and and it was a it was a it was a fight. But uh, at the same time, we had a lot of people working really hard. And you know, and and in Southern Miss, what I realized is that um, you know our fan base is passionate. Our folks are passionate about what's happening. So I realized that really quickly, which is which is great. And I think you can you can use that in a really good way. And I think our folks jumped in trying to help us get back on track and, and, you know, get to where we want to be, which is, um, you know, a successful 
football program, a successful uh, athletic department and a successful university. And so, yeah, credit to our people for jumping in there and staying with us. Yeah, you know, Jeremy, I said about you, which is easy to say, you walk the part, you talk the part, you look the part. You, you brought up Todd Monken right there. I mean, he walked into the fire right there, getting that thing back. But all along the process while he was doing it, you just felt this is the guy. You really did. And looking back, he wound up being the guy, turned it back around. How was that just a little bit more working with Todd Monken? Yeah, it was great, man. I, and we during that interview process, you know, we we had a lot of really good candidates, man. It was it was uh, what's and I think it said a lot about Southern Miss. You're coming off an 0 and 12 season. But the candidates we we're sitting in the room with talking to are like, you know, wow, this is this is a really good group. This is going to be a difficult decision. Um, but I, I just felt strongly that um, we needed someone at that time. It was going to be a heavy lift, and we all knew that. And and we needed someone who uh, was going to be uh, tough enough to handle it. And I think Todd was that guy. And, and so, you know, Todd, he and I developed a great relationship. He was great to work with. Man, he was, you know, he. He loved football and, and loves football, but as a head coach, you know, he, he, like head coaches do, you know, that he wanted, he would spend every minute uh, working on game planning and X's and O's if, if he could. And, and so uh, his learning curve was learning to do the other stuff. And he did a great job of jumping in, you know, he and I, he would joke with me about, uh, you know, things we needed to do externally and go visit with people and talk to groups and, and, uh, he would give me a hard time about it when I would pop into his office about some of that. He, he would say, hey, Jeremy, are you are you asking me or are you telling me I need to do this? And uh, so we it was kind of a running joke with us. Uh, and and but he was great, man. As you know, he would he would he would go talk and visit with people. And and uh, he was the right guy at the right time for us and um, got us back going in the right direction. And, and um you know, he and so when I see his success now, man, I, I, I'm I'm really proud for him that uh, he's had a chance to to be really successful at a very, very high level, uh, win national championships, obviously. And, and uh, you know, I, I feel like I feel like we'll always owe a lot to Todd. No, absolutely. Great way to put it. And you, you and him are getting this thing back in football wise back together, uh, together. And and one thing like in a business world, when you look at a resume and you're yes, talking about a candidate, like what have you done obstacle wise overcome to make success? Well, you just did it and you did it so well that Troy takes notice of this uh, Jeremy McLean guy. Like we got to get him on his AD quick or else somebody's going to snatch him up. So you get an opportunity to go to Troy after you run right there at Southern Miss and be the athletic director there at a D1 program. How how was that for you being the guy at a big program? Yeah, it, it was great. Now, let me back up on the on the, you know, I spent three years as a deputy AD at Southern Miss. And um, you know, when I left, it was right before the 2015 season when I knew we were gonna, you know, there's we, we were kind of focusing on football here. I knew that we were gonna be really good. So that was it was kind of hard to walk away. But it was fun to watch, you know, end up winning nine games that year. But, you know, I, I, I joke that uh, those three years, uh, as, as we've talked about, were, were not they – were, they were challenging. And so I felt like I got about a decade's worth of experience in a three-year time period. So I think it helped, it helped prepare me for the next opportunity. Uh, Troy was great. Uh, you know, you know it, and it's – for me, my career path has been – you know, I, and I say this all the time, don't shy away from this um, – I, I I really believe in God's plan for 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 me and for us, and, and so my path has really been one that has allowed me to be in places where I really fit. And so Troy was very similar in that regard, 
and that it's not that different than Delta State or or where I grew up um, or or Southern Miss. You know, just a lot of similarities. It's uh, it's a smaller community, um, but just a just a campus that you know uh, there's there's traditional values there. There's um, there's a, a closeness and 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 you know so th- those all things that fit me and my family. So really easy transition. Um, you know, we had, again, some challenges there. We had a bit of a heavy lift going in, um, kind of rebuild the football program. Neil Brown had been hired as the head coach. And uh, so I knew Neil was excited about that. And, uh, you know, his first year of the rebuild, you know, I think, I think we won three games, uh, maybe four games and, um, and then got it going in year two and year three and, and, um, you know, and, and then in year four before I left. And so uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, we had we had some success there and, and uh, we really enjoyed the community and the people in the community, um, you know, and I would probably not have left Troy uh, because we were really ingrained and, and our kids were settled and we loved it. Um, I would probably not have left Troy for a lot of places. And, and, and the fact that Southern Miss was a place that called for me to come home uh, was the reason, you know, the reason I left. But it, we, we really enjoyed our time there. Great people. Um, and, and, you know, just can't, can't say enough good things about Troy. Yeah. You did some great things right there. A couple of things that I read about your time at Troy, you, you had a big goal of improving the fan experience and, uh, you know, what's more important than the fan experience, you know, right. getting everybody right. to enjoy their time. You did a great job there, uh, for sure. And Southern Miss took notice, man. And, uh, in, uh, 2019, uh, you get an opportunity to come be the AD here. And, and how was that, you know, coming back to Southern Miss and being the guy? Yeah, I mean, it was great. It was, you know, and again, we were very happy at Troy. So when the phone call came, it was, um, you know, there was a bit of mixed emotions. But at the end of the day, um, I loved Southern Miss and my experience here had been great. Um, and, and, you know, I'm a Mississippi guy. And so the the conversation with my wife and, and the kids, um, we knew there was some work to be done here. We knew there was a uh, a bit of a build, so to speak, uh, weren't quite uh, where, where they wanted to be in some areas. And so I've always loved that challenge. And, and so I knew coming back that we we would first few years would be, you know, uh, we'd have we had have some some long days ahead. But that's really what kind of excited me. And um, so, yeah, the love for this place, the, the opportunity to get back to Mississippi and, uh, you know, the opportunity to really make a difference. I, I think at the end of the day, I've always wanted to be in a place where I can have an impact. And um, so that's that's kind of how the conversation went with our family. And, you know, we were once once we were we were ready to go, we were all in and, and uh, haven't looked back since. Oh, heck no. And, uh, you know, just looking at your resume where you were raised or how hard you play baseball and what you did. You got this hard work and desire that comes with a vision. So currently at Southern Miss, there's uh, 25 strategic initiatives in five categories that are going to run through 2025. I know this is a big deal to you. This is your baby, man. So yeah. time to shine some light on that and where we're yeah. headed and, and how things are going. Yeah. So uh, anybody who's interested in that, uh, it's on. It's posted on the website. Our strategic plan is posted on the website. It, it was really important to me when I got here to begin to think about that. And, and we weren't ready the first year or so. Uh, really, we're starting to move in that direction. Um, then two things happened that actually slowed that down a little bit for me. COVID hit, number one. And, uh, boy, we were just, you know, really couldn't. It was hard to think strategically for most of that year. I mean, because we were all just trying to figure out what was next and uh, how to play ball games and how to, you know, how to 
stay in front of people and, and sell tickets and, and all those things um, and really pay the bills. So COVID hit and then um, we get into a situation during really, you know, in part during COVID um, that conference realignment begins to, to start to shake out. And um, so those two things, I really kind of paused just a little bit. We did a bunch of work on our strategic plan, but we didn't want to release it until we got to a place where, um, you know, all that began to shake out. And so uh, really important to me, I wanted it to be a short term window. And like you said, we were working towards the end of the calendar year 2025. Uh, it's called To the Top 25 is the name of our strategic plan. We've got 25 initiatives. Some we've already been able to check off. You know, if we have one of those that, you know, comes to mind is, uh, our objective to sell 15,000 season tickets across the board uh, between uh, between our sports. And, and we hit that this year. You know, we, we sold over 10,000 in football. We sold, you know, I think about 1,100 in basketball. Uh, and we sold, obviously, 4,500 in baseball. So something that's never been done before. So we've checked that box off. We've got some fundraising goals. You know, we're, our objective is to raise $50 million during this capital campaign. And we're at about $43 million right now. Uh, we we're developing a facility master plan, which is one of the initiatives as well to begin to give us some direction on what we do with facilities, which I think is the most pressing issue for us right now. And so really was a lot of fun to sit down and work through that and begin to think, you know, how do, how do we get to where we want to be? And, uh, which is, which is, uh, you know, one of the best, uh, programs in the country, best program in Sunbelt and therefore one of the best programs in the country. And so, this that's how the, that's how it developed, and we had a lot of really really good conversation about it, uh, and I am excited about it. I, we get the chance to talk about it a lot, and so you know, and, and as you mentioned, there there's there's academic uh, and student um, uh, athlete a portion of that. There's a there's an external portion of that. There's a facilities uh, a piece of that, and, and so um, you know, all of that's important to our overall uh, success. And so we're 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 chipping away every day to begin to check those initiatives off the list. So I would encourage people to go take a peek at it and see what we're thinking and how we're thinking, um, but uh, feel really good about heading in the right direction on that and, and, and getting an opportunity to, to get those things uh, checked off the list. Yeah, please go check that out, Southern Miss fans, that give wing, the $50 million goal, we're at 43. That's great to hear. And it seems like we're going to get there with your vision. And, um, you know, I, doing what I do on social media, do this, this uh, show for, for not a living, but as, you know, as a fun hobby. I definitely get a pulse from Southern Miss fans. Two topics in particular seem to be big with facility upgrades. And I'll ask you about uh, one of them first. And that is maybe an indoor football practice facility. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on there? Yeah. And, and where's where that maybe headed? So that's on our, uh, we've been working on that with our facility master plan. We've got some, uh, you know, some drawings and renderings, kind of what we, what we want to do. Um, and, and I would say today that is uh, definitely a priority for us, but it's a priority that's probably behind a couple of other things. Reed Green being number one um, and um, some other things, including P. Taylor Park uh, being in that on that priority list, too. And so uh, but an indoor covered uh, facility for football is definitely a priority for us. Uh, we have begun to kind of, you know, for us, it's about space. Right. Where do we put that? How does that function? And so we, you know, Coach Hall, and I've been talking through some options. We've got some renderings that at the right time, we'll be able to share with everyone. But yeah, it's a priority for us. And, um, you know, some, some of times your priorities get shifted based on, on, based on what your donor response is. And so 
uh, when the time is right, we're going to kind of see how how quickly we can get down the road for that indoor or covered practice facility. I think for us, the question is going to be, you know, people say indoor, but really here in our area, um, it's more the covered aspect of it is the most important. So we've seen that with South Alabama and some folks in, in our area who've done those kind of things. And so um, that's that's what we're exploring right now. And you hit on the other topic on it, uh, Reed Green Coliseum. Any updates with uh, yeah. renovations there? Yeah, man, we're 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 chipping away at it, working every day. It's been a very, um, you know, I joked earlier that I got ten years of experience in three years. I feel like that with this this project. It's been uh, I've learned a lot. Um, it's not been a very easy, straightforward process, and part of that is the fact that the building, you know, is over fifty years old, and 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 infrastructure wise, there's not a lot of work been done to it. And so one of the things we have to do first is put a new roof on the building. And so we're very fortunate to get some money through uh, the legislature last year to handle that roof. Uh, the challenge with that is then you have to navigate um, through through the state to, to get the project done. And, and so some of the timeline begins to, to be out of your hands. And so, but that is gonna go out to bid soon. And uh, we anticipate by the end of the year, uh, this fall, you know, being able to to see work being done on that roof. And so once we get the roof on it, then we begin to move to other phases and parts of that. Where our focus is right now is going to be on the front of Reed Green, the fourth street um, entrance way, if you will. You know, the building itself right now really doesn't have a, a front door and we want to be able to create that. So that's a big, a big priority for us is being able to um, you know, create our entryway that uh, can can not only look better and be more aesthetically pleasing, but can be serviceable and, and functionable for our fans. So that's a big part of it. Restroom uh, renovations, um, concession renovations are all part of that uh, kind of lobby front door aspect. And that's a, you know, it's going to be a sizable piece of the puzzle for us. We're working on score, new, new scoreboards, uh, ribbon boards, uh, kind of in the bowl in the seating area to begin to change the environment and experience there. And, um, so yeah, this moving forward, you'll begin to see progress, hopefully, you know, this calendar year. And, uh, once the roof is on, we'll, we'll begin to, to really push forward and start to show more progress, more progress. Yeah. On. That's great there. Thanks for the update with that. Cause the one thing about Reed Green Coliseum, man, you get that thing really even looking pretty. It's the loudest venue in America when it's packed and rocking. It is, man. I've been going deaf in there. Ears ring, that's, man. You know, it's funny you say that because we've been – I have been – it's kind of like Pete Taylor Park. I've been very careful with the, the, the changes we make because I don't want to lose that, right? And so it is a very intimidating place to play uh, when it's, when it's full and when it's, you know, cause it is so loud. And so, uh, whatever we do, it's going to be with that in mind. Hey, let's, let's don't lose that aspect of creating the right type of experience. Cause I, I definitely plan on, uh, you know, us continuing to try to fill that thing up. Heck yeah. And Jeremy, do some research on you. So cool interview, kind of wanting to get in the day of the life with Jeremy McLean, but, um, I, I read an article a while back where, you know, games and wins and losses are very important to you. Obviously the product on the field, winning and losing but man, that's a small portion of your job. When you think about it, you're an administrator, man. You got to get your hands in a million things trying to keep this D1 program up and running and going. So maybe a, a tough question because there's so much. But what's a day in the life of Jeremy McClay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, every day, which, which I think every day is a little bit different, which I think is what I enjoy about the job, honestly. Um, yeah, the games, you know, the, the competitive aspect, that's really the fun part for me, like getting a chance to to be in Auburn for the regional and, and, and see our guys compete. And that's, that's, that's the joy. One of the joys, certainly. 
Um, so a day in life for me, it's, it, may, it just depends, right? And and, and uh, I'm usually uh, involved in a lot of meetings, as you can imagine, and uh, whether it be at a national level, right? So we may have NCA calls, we may have Sunbelt calls uh, discussing important issues. Maybe it's name, image, and likeness. Uh, maybe it's something as simple as, uh, you know, uh, what are we going to do for our basketball schedule next year? We got an issue we need to resolve at the, at the conference level. So always, you know, I'm in a lot of meetings and, and then, you know, facility meetings all the way down to uh, fundraising meetings, ticket meetings. So, so, you know, in my chair, you're trying to, um, you're trying to drive the ship. You're trying to give direction. Uh, but you're also, at least from my perspective as a leader, you want people to do their jobs. You want to allow them to do their jobs, whether it be your coaches, uh, whether it be your, your fundraisers, whether it be your facility folks. Um, I, and I think our people would say, I hope they would say, um, that I, I do allow them to do their jobs and, and, and I'm going to support them. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to step in when I need to step in, but I allow them to do their jobs. And so for me, you know, there's a lot of that. It's a lot of trying to provide direction, uh, you know, putting out fires as they come up, certainly. Uh, but it's hard to explain until you sit kind of in this seat. Uh, you just get pulled in a lot of different directions. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm a person, I don't love to say no. And, uh, but I do have to, sometimes you have to be careful about that. And so you, you can get pulled in a lot of different directions and, and, uh, get, you know, if you're not careful, you can get distracted. And so I try to, you know, again, try to focus on the leadership aspect and, and providing direction for our folks and allowing them to work. You know, it, it, Jeremy, which brings up kind of a fascinating topic for me, being an athletic director like you are. Say you're ever dealing with a sport that's not doing well. I mean, it's really not doing well at all. Do, in those scenarios, do you let the coaches still coach? Do you ever go X's and O's with them? Or, or are you more kind of like a boss manager type? Or do you just kind of let the process take place? In those scenarios, what's it like being an AD? Yeah. And being um, hands on or hands off. Yeah, great question. <laughs> great question. Um, I have I have vowed since, you know, I guess I've been an AD 15 years now, maybe. I have uh, made it a priority not to ever talk X's and O's, if avoidable. Uh, there's probably been a handful of times where I've asked questions in my career. I just, you know, it's not my job. And I've hired them to do a job. And, and, and again, on occasion, I will have a very delicate conversation about you know, hey, why why did this happen or educate me a little bit? Um, but I really don't. I try to stay away from that um, because it's not my expertise. Yeah, I've played multiple sports, but it's not my expertise. So I try not to go there. Uh, but what we will do is talk about um, how I can help them. And that's usually the discussion we have. Like, you know, if we're not doing well, things aren't going great. What can I do to help you? Because I, I allow them to talk through what they think is not going right. And uh, sometimes that we view that the same way. Sometimes we don't. And, and then we begin to have a discussion about, um, you know, why we do or don't view that the same way and what we can do to help resolve it. You know, it's sometimes, sometimes it's a deal where you can't get it resolved, but um, you know, we definitely try to do everything we can to support our coaches and allow them to, to move through that and be successful. I appreciate that. Getting inside the mind of Jeremy McLean when those scenarios happen. I've always been fascinated by that. But uh, one thing I'm fascinated about is our move to the Sun Belt, Jeremy. I mean, arguably one of the biggest moves in Southern Miss athletics in history. And it, it, it's almost comedy to look back at. We had one more year left at Conference USA. And if, 
if if I'd have been in conference for say one more year as a fan, Jeremy, I'd about lost my mind. I got to be honest, and a lot of fans would have. And uh, Conference USA was planning on us to be there one more year. But, man, you, Marshall, Old Dominion, and James Madison said, no, we, let, let's get out of here, like, now, like yesterday. Walk me through that process, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. No, nah, we don't need to be in Conference USA one more year. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was um, I think, an easy decision, a difficult process. Uh, and I say easy decision. I mean, we understood that if we left early, we were going to – uh, put some of our peers in Conference USA in a difficult spot scheduling-wise. Um, and so that part wasn't easy, but we knew that it was what was best for our institution. I think just as you expressed, I think we were in a place where we needed to move forward. We needed to make that transition as an institution and as a department. And so, you know, we we made a decision to push forward, even though we knew it might get ugly. And there was a little bit of that, you know, and we had to we had to work through and, and let our attorneys uh, work through some some uh, legalese and, and come into an agreement. But, you know, if we had if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing. I think it was obviously the best thing for us. And uh, really, I think had we not done that, our, our progress would have been uh, really stagnated for quite some time. And so for us to be able to go ahead and take that step. Um, you know, and, and you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but it was been a great year, first year in the Sun Belt, and so I'm so thankful we got an opportunity to experience that. I need to, I need to give you know, um, Dr. Rodney Bennett credit because when I went to him and said, "Hey, this is what I think we need to do, and it's probably going to cost us some money," um, he jumped on board and said, "I think you're right. Let's 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 get it done." And and so, um, so I, I do need to give him credit for that and uh, help him support you know support us through what was a, you know, a difficult time. Yeah, but what a move. The Sun Belt's been awesome for us. I mean, real rivalries being built, Troy, South Alabama. Me personally, Louisiana got a raging Cajuns, man. It's a real rival right now. I love it. Um, but loving the Sun Belt as much as we do as a university right now, there's conference realignment, man, all the time. Three to five years from now, with attrition, addition, what have you, how do you see the Sun Belt? Yeah, you know, great question. Uh, and I think, I think, the uniqueness about this conference right now is, and I'm not going to be naive. I realize that if some great opportunity came along for an institution, they're going to, they're going to visit that. But I think everyone really feels like all, all 14 members feel like we are headed in a very, very positive direction. There's some like-mindedness within the conference. Everybody's pulling for each other to be successful. Um, and, and so there's a, there's a uniqueness in that that I don't think is, is, shared with a lot of our conferences, the other conferences around the country. And so I think we have to be careful because we're in a really good place. Uh, now, if institutions, um, if opportunities open up for the Sun Belt to add institutions that bring great value, I think the league would definitely look at that. Um, but I also think, and, and Commissioner Gill has said this multiple times, we're in a really good place right now. Our membership is really strong. We're in a great spot. And so we have to be careful, you know, if those opportunities come up, what what decisions we make. And uh, and I would say the same as institutions, you know, for Southern Miss, we're in a great spot. And so we have to be careful with, with what we do, what we listen to or what decisions we make. Uh, but I do think there's going to be more movement to, to get back to your question. I think there's going to be uh, some shifting and, uh, you know, and there's always some level of domino effect that happens with that. And so I don't think anyone's immune to it. And uh, I think, 
you asked earlier about this job and what a what a what a uh, day in the life was like. Uh, you just kind of never know uh, what's going to happen. I'll, I'll never forget. Um, I was, uh, you know, I get <laughs> I get probably one week of vacation a year uh, during the summer, and uh, I was I was on the beach with my family when uh, the whole Texas Oklahoma thing began to unravel a couple of years ago, and and I, I picked up the phone and made a couple calls and just said, hey, you know, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm feeling. I know what's going to happen over the next six months. Just know that, you know, this is where we stand. And, uh, you know, so you're always, you're always susceptible to that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, I think the next six months, year, 18 months, uh, we're going to continue to see some ripples uh, from a conference realignment standpoint. And, and talking college sports too, real quick, you know, with this P5, G5 talk, it seems like the P5 is almost – doing this thing where it's almost creating like this professional football feel in a way. And personally, and I know I speak for a lot, a lot of college football fans, I don't enjoy that. What I love about the Sun Belt, it feels collegiate, man. It really does. Regional rivalries, real rivalries, uh, rivalries that make sense on a map. I mean, your, your take real quick on that, on this, just – it, you still got a collegiate feel here, man, in a way. I, and I, I agree with you 100%. And I think there's value in that. And I guess that's what, you know, what I was saying earlier, I think we had to be very careful about decisions we make because we're, we're uniquely positioned right now uh, to, to really, it, this feels like, um, it feels like what conferences were meant to be. Right. And so I, I don't disagree with you that it, it, in some places, at some levels, there's this, um, very difficult dynamic of, of, you know, the revenue aspect and just continuing to chase. And we all are, we're all trying to generate more revenue. And, and if we're going to be successful, we, 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 we can't take our foot off, off the gas, but um, I don't ever want to do that at the expense of our student athletes. And I, I think for me, that's where the rub comes in. I do this job because uh, I was a small town kid with very limited opportunities and college athletics allowed me a scholarship opportunity, allowed doors to be opened for me that would have never been opened otherwise. And I want that. I want that to be what happens for our student athletes. I want that to be the focus. And so what I don't want to happen is for us to lose sight of why we do this. And your point about feeling professionalized, I think that's what happens. I think we begin to feel like, it's not really about the student athlete anymore. It's about whatever else we're chasing. And so that's my concern. Um, you know, and I, I just, I'll share it that way. You know, my concern is really about kind of what, what does that begin to look like? And, and, you know, uh, whether it's name, image, likeness or uh, pay for play, which is a lot of conversation around, you know, student athletes becoming employees and, and all these big things that are being discussed. You know, I just I fear for losing some of of, uh, of what's really important to us, which is having that positive impact on our student athletes. Now, I'm not saying both of those things can't be done. I just think it's a really, really delicate balance. That's a great way to put it. And, and speaking of NIL, you know, Southern Miss has the to the top collective now, which is a great yes. thing. And, you know, that's keeping it real, you know, keeping our players happy, keeping them, you know, what, what needs to be yeah. done in this new landscape. And I've always said athletes should get paid. I mean, I've, I've just always heard on that side. But real quick, if you don't mind bringing up to the top collective, and it's important in the NI deal with uh, certainly. Yeah, we've had we've had a, a group of folks who, uh, you know, been very supportive and have started to, to the top collective, as you mentioned. And that's been, I think, really, really good for us over the past year or so. And really, it's kind of beginning to ramp up. 
again, to take it to a, a, another level and create even more opportunities for more student athletes here on our campus. And so I think it's a critical part of our future, uh, to your point. I think we, we have to be, you know, our, our community um, has to be able to support our student athletes in a way uh, that they need to be supported and, and you know, that, that things are happening in other communities. We can't ignore that either. And so um, I, think, I think that's a huge step in the right direction. To the Top Collective has been, been great. I got a website up and going to the top collective.com and uh, would encourage folks to go check that out and, and uh, you know, ask how you can get involved. It's, if that's something that's important to you. And I think, I do think it's something that's going to be critical to our future. And uh, so we want to continue to try to educate our folks and, and uh, create opportunities for our student athletes. No, yeah. Great way to put it to the top collective people. It's very important uh, for our programs to so go check it out as soon as you can. Um, Real quick, you know, this is, show is going on Tuesday when we're going to release this right after the Super Regional. So I don't want to talk win or loss, even though I know we've, we've won. But uh, I, I do want to talk baseball real quick because this has become a special program. What has it meant to you, us hosting back-to-back Super Regionals, beating SEC teams and regionals prior to that back-to-back years, man? What does this baseball program mean to you and everything it's done right now? Man, it's been it's been special, um, you know, and, and part of that goes back to Scott. You know, we talked about it at the beginning. Um, he's just a special guy. It's um, he has really created. He's he not he he's built upon a great foundation. You know, Pete Taylor, Hill Denson, Corky Palmer, and, and but Scott's really taken it and, and and elevated that even more. To your point, to host back to back super regionals, you know, that's 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 pretty rare air. That's 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 that's. Uh, there's not a lot of programs to get an opportunity to do that. And, um, you know, so for us, um, I think, you know, I understand that baseball is um, really important to this community, to this campus, um, you know, to the state of Mississippi. And, and so we want to continue to try to invest in that. And, and it's why, you know, the, the process of hiring Christian, that's why it happened the way it did. There's a plan to continue you know, to elevate our program and try to resource it in a way that we can be successful because we're one of 16 teams, you know, we get to the super regional, you're one of 16 teams still standing two years in a row. So we want to call it sweet 16, sweet 16, two years in a row. And, and so what I would like to see, you know, begin to happen is us quit using the term power five, because I don't think it, I don't think it holds water. Right. So power five group of five does not, especially in baseball, and so baseball, we've got this unique opportunity um, to compete at a national level in a way that in some sports, uh, the process has almost made that impossible. Uh, now, I'm excited about where we're heading in football from a standpoint of at the national level, we're creating a, a, a football playoff. We now have a path to get into that playoff and to be to actually compete on the field, which is why I think baseball has been so unique and, and beneficial for us because we get a chance to compete on the field. And if you get a chance to do that, man, anything can happen. And so so for us, I think baseball is important for a lot of reasons, man, I, but I think it gives us a, a unique opportunity to compete at a national level and compete for a national championship. So we're going to continue to invest in it. We're going to continue to support it. I know our community is going to continue to support it. And, uh, you know, it's just – and I want – you know, Coach Barry has taken us to uh, to this level, and – uh, our objective is to continue to build on that and, and, and just be a team and a program that every year when the postseason rolls around, we're going to be in the mix. Uh, and if we continue to be in the mix, then we've got a, a chance to win a national championship. 
Well, great way to put it, man. Baseball's been so much fun. Just what a special program we got right here. And um, I want to bring up a quick topic with football. Um, P5 opponents at the Rock. You know, we got Mississippi State coming in with a home and home, which is super cool. You got a home and home with an SEC school. How important is you for you to get maybe a P5 opponent at the Rock? Yeah, that's great, man. It's I, you know we're we're going to do that anytime we get a chance, and and sometimes it it makes the schedule look a little differently. It's like it's like this year we've got we got two, you know, quote unquote power fives on the schedule, and so you know that creates some challenges. But we don't ever want to miss that opportunity. I think to the impact it has on our program to sell out a stadium to you know the impact it has uh, economically for the community for our campus. And it just it goes so far beyond just playing the game. And so we're never going to miss those opportunities. And we're always searching for them. Um, sometimes hard to find. Right. Yeah, there's not a lot of not a lot of, uh, uh, of folks and whether it be in the SEC or the ACC who want to come to Hattiesburg. But uh, but we're going to continue to ask the question and, and, and try to find our opportunities. So. So, yeah, we've got and, we, and I and I give Mississippi State a ton of credit uh, for being willing to do that. I think it's great for the state of Mississippi. And uh, we've got them on the schedule, um, you know, I think four more times uh, over the course of the next uh, 10 years or so. And so we're going to try to continue to find more opportunities because because I do think, um, especially as we think about, um, you know, the, the playoff and the opportunity to get into the playoffs, I think the scheduling aspect becomes even more important. Obviously, you have to win the conference championship. If you're if you're in our league, you're going to you're going to need to win the conference championship. Uh, but I think being prepared and, and, and playing teams that are going to help prepare you for that playoff uh, doesn't need to be overlooked. Oh, man, great way to put that. In. And, and real quick, this is a kind of a personal question for you. Uh, I think from the big three sports, we've got uh, three special and unique places to play with the Rock, Pete Taylor Park and Reed Green Coliseum in their own special ways. So for you personally, the Rock, what makes that so special and unique, would you say? I think for me and, and you as a player, I, I I think you would agree with this. Man, I, there's not many places that we go around the country where people are on top of you the way you are in this place. And so when it's when it's crowded, when it's packed and uh, you're on the visiting sideline or even even on the home sideline, it is a unique experience because you know, people are right on top of you. And uh, it just kind of feels like, you know, it, we talked about, um, you know, Reed Green being loud earlier and this place, this this football stadium. When you pet, when we can fill up the rock, and 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 we're going to continue to work to do that. When we have great crowds, man, it is it is an unbelievable experience, and uh, can be a really really intimidating place to play. And that's what we want. We want people to come in here. We're going to try to treat them the right way, but we want to create an environment where um, they they don't get to take a deep breath, where where they they feel like they're you know they're they're always being pushed and challenged, and, and it's just not a comfortable place to play. And you kind of hit a Reed Green right there. Would you say it's the loudness of it? Because I mean, man, that place is loud. <laughs> yeah, I, I think both of them. I think Reed Green and The Rock, man, they we go a lot of places, and I just don't, you know, I, I, a stadium our size, I, I think is one of the loudest places um, I've seen to play when it's filled up. In, in Pete Taylor Park, I mean, we know it's magical. That's a real thing. What would you say makes Pete Taylor Park so unique? You know, I think it's the uniqueness of uh, a couple of things. I think I think the roost and and the ability for people to move around and and, and their social aspect of what they're doing. I think that's so unique. And 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 again, we talked about improvements to Pete Taylor Park. We're, we're we're trying to make sure we don't lose any of that uniqueness. But I think the thing about baseball for us is our fans know baseball. 
And so they, they know when to get into it. They know when to cheer, man. They know, they know, they know um, how to do their part. And so when you talk about it being special, get late in the game, big moments, our fans are going to be, they're going to be on their feet. They're going to be getting after it. And uh, I, you don't always find that at, at uh, baseball stadiums and, uh, around the college landscape. And uh, so I think that's unique for us. Awesome takes right there. And, and, and Jeremy, kind of starting to wrap things up soon enough here. Um, you know, we hope you're the AD here forever, man. And that's my plan. That's a lot of fans' plans. We, we got you forever, man. But however long the run is for you at Southern Miss, looking back on the run you ha- would have had at Southern Miss, what would you consider a successful career for you? Ooh, um, man, great question. I don't know that I ever stopped long enough to, to really think about <laughs> that. Um, so, you know, I, I think I think for me, um, I mean, this is this is a, a really – I think I maybe hope not a cop out. It's it's a simple um, way to look at it. I want when I walk away, and I said this in my press conference when I came back to take the job, and, and I think about it every day. Um, uh, I want our folks to be proud. Okay, I want there to be this great, and, and there already is a sense of pride amongst our fan base. But I want them to be proud of their teams. I want them to be proud of their athletic department. I want them to stick out their chest. I want them to, you know, be able to go to work with their SEC coworkers and, 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 you know, be able to say, here's what we're doing at Southern Miss. And that could come in a lot of different ways. So for me though, it's really about, um, I think leaving a legacy where hey, we are, we're competing at a highest level we can possibly compete at. We've squeezed every bit of resource and, and ability out of what we're doing and we're making our people proud. And, and so for me, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's what it's all about. No, that's a great way to put it. One of my favorite things about Southern Miss, we do more with less. And we always have, baby. We always have. Uh, Jeremy, real quick, man, absolutely beautiful family you have. Any updates on the family life, things going on over there? Yeah, man, we're great. Kids are growing up too quickly. Uh, but other than that, it's been great. Uh, you know, my oldest is uh, just graduated high school. He is uh, – had an opportunity. He's got an opportunity to go to Delta State and play football. So really excited for him there. Uh, he's going back to my wife and I both graduated from Delta State. So excited about that journey. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, if he's ready for fall camp yet and what that brings. But uh, I've tried to prepare him the best I can. And uh, so it'll be a fun journey for him, though. He's going to be challenged in a lot of ways. So I'm excited about that. And my girls are, are 15 and 11 and they're dancing and playing volleyball and and, and, and doing all the fun stuff and keeping us busy. But, man, we're, we're really, really blessed. Uh, and I don't, I don't ever take that for granted. Uh, we, we're very fortunate. And uh, my, the thing about my family that, um, you know, I, I, I want to give them credit is, uh, and my wife's the ringleader, uh, they're all in, man. They, they, they're, you'll see them there cheering and being in, into the games. And this is not a job for me. It's not a job for them. Um, this is life. And uh, this is who we are. And so they know that it's all they've ever known. And uh, since, since they've been in this world and uh, one day when I stop doing it, I'm not sure they'll know what to do with themselves because it's, it's been life for them and, and they embrace it wholeheartedly and, and they love Southern Miss. Uh, Jeremy, great, great family updates right there. And, uh, you know, just real quick before we get to an end right here, any closing comments from our leader, Jeremy McLean for the Southern Miss Nation? Yeah, man, I, I want to just I want to spend just a minute talking about where I think we are right now and where we're headed. You know, the Sun Belt, it's been a great year. I've said that several times. Year one's been fantastic. I think we're we're headed in a positive direction and going to continue to elevate our program. I think the league is going to allow us 
to continue to elevate our program at a national level and vice versa. I think we're going to be a leader in this conference um, and, and we take great pride in that. And, and so that's going to be really important to us. Uh, and I just think we've got on campus, we've got a great sense of alignment right now from the presidential seat all the way down to our coaches and our fans. Um, you know, Dr. Joe Paul been here, you know, a short period of time, but has already made an impact on campus and the community. He's very supportive of athletics, I think, as everyone knows. Um, and so he's been great to work with. I, I think he understands how important our success is to the overall success of the institution. And um, we have that conversation a lot. And so there's great alignment. We've got a great group of coaches um, who are good people and, and they're trying to do things the right way. And again, trying to make folks proud. And so I just say all that to say, there's a reason to be excited. And I, I want our folks to be excited about what's happening. And, um, and, and I think the next few years are gonna be a whole lot of fun. And so if you're not already a part of it, or if you're kind of sitting on the fence and you, you know, you're dipping your toe in the water every once in a while, come on and jump in the water with us. It's gonna be a lot of fun over the next few years. And we're gonna need everybody to, to you'll be pulling the rope in the same direction. So, so come be a part of it. Oh yeah. It's a special vibe going on right now. I've said it on social media, said it to so many friends and family that it feels like eighties Eagle fever is kicking it all over again. I just really do. Well, uh, Jeremy, from being a diehard Southern Miss fan, a guy who bleeds black and gold, I, I can't thank you for the job you're doing. You're doing an amazing job. I speak for a lot of people right there. And uh, thank you for your time today. And I think a great way to close it, would be Jeremy McLean and me giving everybody a Southern Miss. Hey, 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 I want, I want to, before you do that, all right, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go off script. I want to take this opportunity to oh. say to you how much I appreciate you oh. as a former player staying engaged, being involved, being on social media, being positive, being a part of, of, of you know, being part of the answer, right? And, and so, man, I just, I, it means more to me and to our folks than you can imagine. And so I just want to say thank you to you, man. I appreciate what you're doing. No, it means the world to me, man. I wasn't going to cry today, Jeremy. I mean, Joe Paul almost had me crying not too long. Why you got to do that to me, man? Yeah, I believe black and gold, man. Thank you enough. That means you the man. world to me. So you can cut off a Southern Miss to the top anytime with, with good comments like that. I appreciate it. So, but I guess we'll close this show, man, from, the, from our leader, a Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Thanks, Jeremy. Catch up soon until you see you again in Hattiesburg, man. Appreciate you, man. Yes. Well, it was great catching up with our athletic director, Jeremy McLean, right there. And I'm super proud of the job that he's done during his tenure and look for a lot more great things to happen for Southern Miss in the future. That's it for another edition of Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime. And I uh, can't thank you enough for the support. And we are still on a push for a thousand plus subscribers on YouTube. So I'm going to ask you once again to do something that's absolutely free and easy to do. It'll take a second out of your day. And that's to head to our YouTube page, anyone, anywhere, anytime. Click the subscribe button and you can get right back to your day. Well, until next time, as always, it's Southern Miss to the top.